Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to The Grindhouse, your deep dive into the seedy corners of the exploitation era of cinema. My name is Sean Tatro, and I'm here tonight with my girlfriend and co-host, Leah Diana. Hello. We will be winding back the reel to the blistering Texas summer of 1974, when a group of five youths crossing the panhandle found themselves trapped within an unimaginable nightmare. The events of that day would lead to the discovery of one of the most bizarre crimes in the annals of American history. The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Let's get into it. This is the movie that Rex Reed called the most horrifying motion picture I have ever seen. This film is positively ruthless in its attempt to drive you right out of your mind. It accomplishes everything it sets out to do with brilliance and unparalleled terror. This is the horror movie to end them all. Here's something. Stop. Stop. This is the movie Rex Reed called the most horrifying motion picture I have ever seen. The Texas Chainsaw Massacre from New Line Cinema. Spread the word, you dirty cocksuckers. Tell all your grave robbing friends I want them out of the city now! The nightmare of insane murder. From the depths of hell, from the angel of death. Only at the grindhouse. Hello, Leah. Hi, Sean. Our first episode of our first podcast. How do you feel? I'm excited for the podcast. I'm pretty sure I almost fell asleep during the movie. Really? So we've seen this before. Like, this is only my second viewing of this movie. When we first started dating, you were like, you're going to watch the classics. So we pulled a bunch of classics off the shelf. 
until we got to Halloween where I marathoned Halloween in a weekend. I think it was Halloween that I marathoned that. But this was one of the first ones that you were like, oh, this is a classic. And it, I was like terrified to watch this one. I was like, oh God, this looks like fucking terrifying. And I've seen the remake in theaters when it came out in the early 2000s with a friend of mine. Who said this was scary? <laughs> well, a majority of the horror community would say this is scary. But before we get too far into this, I'd like to say that this episode is unofficially sponsored by Chameleon Organic Churro Flavored Light Roast. Not the greatest coffee I've ever had, but it does the trick. I had to put pumpkin spice in this, guys. That's a little basic. Did you see the hair color? What what gender am I? If I could, I'd have flowers in my hair and I'd look adorable, but I don't care. <laughs> okay, so tonight's movie was written and directed by Toby Hooper. Toby! <laughs> I and think I said that. There's actually a funny story about how he came up with the idea for this movie. Was he on shrooms? <laughs> no, um... So, actually, apparently the, the whole concept came to him during uh, a Christmas shopping rush. He found himself stuck in okay. line, and he was surrounded by hundreds of people, and he just happened to notice that he was standing next to a display of, like, chainsaws, and he just thought to himself, wouldn't it be amazing if I could just take one of these chainsaws and mow through this line so I could get out of here? I already like this guy. I've had this thought many times before. Especially during the holidays. <laughs> and from what I've heard, apparently shooting this film was the most brutal experience for everyone involved. Like, the first opening scene. Okay, first opening scene. That, um... Try and remember. Kirk. When he gets out of the van and he's opening the van to get Franklin out to piss, his back is drenched in sweat. Drenched. It's the 70s in the middle of Texas. If this was really recorded in Texas, I don't know. But if it was, Texas, summer, 1973. It's like 100 degrees yeah. plus. It was one of the hottest summers, apparently, like on record at that time. Why was only one of the girls wearing shorts? Why weren't all of them dressed for the season? I don't care if bell bottoms were in season and those weird funky shirts. Well, but you would have been so much cooler if you had a pair of freaking shorts. And we know the 70s shorts went up real high because both of my parents grew up in the 70s. And I've seen some of my dad's questionable outfits from the 70s. Well, I think the idea was to just dress everybody in kind of standard basic clothing. They didn't want to go too crazy with style. They went crazy with style, in my opinion. Well, plus you also had to think that they knew ahead of time that the some of these characters were going to be running around through the woods. They were probably trying to keep them safe. Modern horror would say, no, let their legs get all scratched up. Um, so this movie actually opens with probably one of the most remembered intros in film history. You get this text crawl that's basically become legend in mm -hmm. the horror genre. Um, and Personally, I feel like it cements uh, in the minds of horror fans that this is a true story. 
even though it's not. It, yeah, and I was actually really stunned to find out that you had told me that the first time we watched this. Because I thought, like everybody else, this was a true story. Because they posed it like that. Even the remake, they really lean into that. And I was shocked when you're like, you know, this isn't real. I'm like, excuse me. Well, it's it's even further cemented by they accompany this text crawl and like this opening droning music with these snapshots of like corpses and uh, bones and you almost feel like you're looking at like glimpses of crime scene photos I was really confused I didn't understand what I was looking at and as one of the comments I made the sound effects person for the opening should have used WD-40 on everything he was using because it just sounded like a screen door opening and shutting which after watching the movie makes sense but in the beginning I'm like what am I looking at? It looks like black and red splotches to me. Do you know what that uh, opening sound effect is? No. Oh, it's uh, so they actually captured that by, um, I think they just essentially dragged a tuning fork across guitar strings. Oh. To make that like oh, sound effect. God, and that's terrifying. It like chills you to your bone mm. when you hear it. The one thing about the text crawl that got me that I had to comment was the word. Invalid. <laughs> Invalid brother made me go, oh, oh, this one's going to be a sign of the times. I can't comment on that now. That'll be later. But yeah, this one definitely is the 70s. Just from the way they speak, the way they dress, the way they approach things. I'm like, mm, okay, all right, it's 2021. We're in the 70s. It's fine. This movie is almost... If you think about it this movie is 50 years old well 1974 1973 is when it was made so 1974 so it's almost 50 years old when did the 70s be almost 50 years ago time flies unfortunately rice man um this being an older horror film but an absolute classic in the genre i happen to know quite a few fun facts about this one <laughs> yo you're a nerd and, oh absolutely <laughs> And before we get too far, I have to mention the armadillo at the very beginning. Yes, right. I counted that in my body. I have a body count. I counted the armadillo as a body body count. So the armadillo actually wasn't ever supposed to be there. the The initial idea for that opening shot introducing us to the kids was, um, Toby Hooper wanted there to be like a splattered cow on the side of the road like that tried to cross the road got hit which would have made sense for the content uh, context of the first 30 minutes of the movie right and they essentially just couldn't get one um it came time to shoot that scene and they had to improvise and toby hooper actually owned this taxi taxidermied arbandillo so he took it from his house gave it to the prop guy just said, do whatever you gotta do. Beat the shit and, out of it, yeah. Uh, they just kind of threw it in the road, and there we go. <laughs> the only comment I had for the armadillo was, mmm, juicy. My uh, comments are fucking... Uh, seriously, once I get down to some of these, I will say, opening credits. I miss the opening credits being in the beginning of the movie sometimes. Some of the modern movies of, like, I would say, like, our age, older, or more recent... Like, in the 90s or so, I remember I've watched a couple of, like, older 80s, late 80s, early 90s movies lately, just for fun. 
and the credits are in the beginning, but then they stop at some point, which I'm like, at, when I'm in theaters and I'm like, who the hell is that bitch? I don't know that bit. I can't pop my phone out and Google who the hell this bitch is because the credits aren't in the beginning. Like, it's one thing that maybe it dates me and makes me seem like an older person, but it it bugs me that we don't have a little bit of the credits in the beginning anymore. Yeah, I, I'm definitely in that same camp. I, I come from a background in horror films. I grew up with them, so most of my favorite styles and my favorite films are from 70s, 80s, 90s, and they, that was how it was done back then. Chopping your credits from the beginning and just throwing them at the end is a very modern technique, and honestly, I miss the older style. Mm. Like It's something that I personally would still continue to do. Yeah. All right. Another comment from the beginning of this movie. I don't know which dude says it. It's definitely not Franklin. Uh, says, oh, are you and your old lady? Blah, 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 blah. I forgot that dudes in like the 60s and 70s, maybe even 50s, referred to their girlfriends or wives as their old lady. Well, I believe that actually comes from like biker culture. Yeah, like, But it's funny because it's like when he said, oh, are you or your old lady? I went, I haven't heard that in a long time. It's a very old-fashioned it way of talking. Really, it really is. Um, before we go any further, I should note to anybody listening to this podcast and not watching it mm. um, that when we watch these movies, we do take notes. So we're working off of our, our own personal lists of notes that of just comments we wanted to talk about on the show. Because I cannot remember them as we're doing them in the movie. If you notice, usually when we watch movies and you've seen it before, I make comments the whole time. I had to remember to type my comments, not make them out loud. Except for when the director's name came up. I went, like, in the beginning. (laughs) And then I made a comment and I wrote it down. I was like, oh my god, shut up. You know what idea I had for future episodes is maybe... Maybe. Uh, maybe we could even transition this into watching the movie and talking about it at the same time. Because te- now you're telling me that I can't lay down on the bed like this and watch a movie with like my eight chins out. <laughs> I literally have to sit up the whole time and be proper. I don't, I don't, think, I don't think so. Well, getting back into the early moments of this movie, mm-hmm. like, I personally feel like they're strategically built to create the like maximum amount of discomfort for the audience like between seeing the roadkill the flashes of the corpses the shots of like the cattle and them talking about the slaughterhouse mm. it almost all feels like the drunk you're meant to man feel dirty. sitting on the tire in the graveyard just being like what did he say i see things i'm like all right congratulations you see things why are you being creepy on the ground well that's it i think it's just made to give you this sense of like yeah like like almost this is not the place you ever want to find yourself Mm. like don't go into the rural parts of texas kids y'all be scared you know but like looking at it from our eyes now it's like everything you're doing is wrong what just why did you come here the moment you got there like oh the news is reporting grave robbings this is not where you want to be, children. Turn around and go home. 
This actually brings us to one of the most iconic scenes in the movie. People, for some reason, absolutely love this scene, maybe because it's so odd and disturbing. Okay. But the hitchhiker. What the fuck, man? Let's take a stereotype of what your your mom has told you and your grandmom has told you from years ago. Like, don't pick up hitchhikers, kids. They'll murder you. They'll cut you. They'll do weird things. Every fucking stereotype with this hitchhikers, hitchhikers clicked. The minute they open that door and you see, like, the weird baggie and the thing dragging, I'm like... Why would you pick this would, motherfucker why, I mean, up? He's standing there like, you can't see it if you're listening, but he's like, hey, thanks for picking me up. Like, no, slam the door on his face and drive away. He can find his own way home. Obviously, he's a native. He knows what he's doing. Bye-bye. Like, like teenagers are naive. They're obviously all teenagers, either late teens, early 20s. They have to be. I pegged them as more of like college age. Yeah, that's late teens, early 20s. I mean, when you're in your college, when you graduate high school, you're 17. When you graduate college, uh, yeah. average age is 20. You don't even make this. You're not even a legal drinking adult age when you graduate college sometimes. Now, I might be wrong now because there's a five-year plan lately. Well, you see, like for somebody like me, like I didn't go to college until much later. And I didn't so, go to college. So. <laughs> so like when I finally went to college, I was in my like mid-20s. Mm. So that's what I think of when I think of college age, but I no. guess you're right. Well, and, and I made this comment to you a couple of days ago where I don't know if it's we're taking better care of ourselves the newer the generation is, but it, I feel like the younger generation looks younger than they actually are. Or it's because we are now in our late mid to late 30s. So we're like, oh, okay. My, my younger sister, for example, she's 16. She turned 16 like a week ago. She doesn't look 16. She looks younger than that, but she is 16. And then you look pictures of yourself and you're like, all right, do I look 16? Like, what's the normal anymore? So these kids, while they look older to me, they could have been 16, 17, 18. Very true. Like, it's strange what time and like self-care, mental health, all that stuff does to you or to the next generation who's a little more aware of what's going on. Um, before we move past the hitchhiker, mm. there's actually a moment in his massive ramblings mm. that he is talking is talking about the concept of making head cheese. Yeah, I put comment was like, what the fuck is head cheese? I don't specifically know what head cheese is. Um, you're welcome to find out. Okay. But, um, All right. Google time. It's funny that he actually says that because Head Cheese was actually the working title for this movie. Oh, God. What the hell? Yeah, initially, like, the script was titled Head Cheese. And I actually don't know if I still have it, but I had a t shirt at one point of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre that you, had he you, Head Cheese written in the corner. You haven't of it. worn it in a while. No, but I, I feel like it had holes have in it. it, too. Yeah. So head cheese, or brawn, B-R-A-W-N, is a cold-cut terrine or meat jelly, often made with the flesh from the head of a calf or a pig. Eaten cold or at room temperature, or as a sandwich. sandwich. It's not dairy cheese, 
Parts of the head of this dish are commonly do not do commonly do not include brain, eyes, or ears. The tongue, feet, and heart are some okay. So feet makes sense because there's a lot of gelatin in the hooves, so that makes sense that they would use that. It's not as terrifying as it looks, but the way that Franklin and the hitchhiker talk about it, it seems disgusting. In the this sounds of, fucking disgusting. It does because you're talking about cows being slaughtered you're talking about the slaughterhouse you're talking about like all of these like oh it's a humane way to just shoot the cows in the head i just censored myself it's a podcast i don't have to do that um fuck fuck um they shoot the fucking cows just boom right in the head and then they talk about this head cheese and then you add texas heat and these kids looking uncomfortable like something that would be normal to other people in other countries sounds terrifying in this disturbing environment like very terrifying and i'm just like i don't ever want to try head cheese it sounds gross it just kind of looks like you know what a fruitcake looks like i'm not sure if you guys can hear any of that background noise but we are filming this with the window open so it's raining i apologize that's what it looks like it looks like like fruitcake but meat cake (laughs) it's disgusting that looks that looks looks gross but not to knock on anybody else's culture if it's something that other cultures eat, I bet it's wonderful in your culture. I am American, and bologna scares me sometimes. And I grew up eating bologna. I don't care Just what saying. culture you come from. That looks gross. I'm sorry. Well, you know. <laughs> um, What's the other thing I said about the hitchhiker? This whole movie would not exist if they didn't pick up that guy. Like, really. Oh, absolutely not. They would have passed him by and gone on with their lives. And during the whole rant, why would they just watch him cut his hand open? Wouldn't you try to stop him? Like, no, don't do that. Moving car could start an auto. They're just like, the girls, I understand. But the guys are like, one of them's driving. Franklin's sitting right there. Franklin could have been like, nah, bro. don't do that, you know? <laughs> it's like, oh, what the crap. And when he's cutting himself, and then when he cuts Franklin, I was laughing in my head. I was just sitting there going, like, they're like, oh, that's so disturbing. I'm like, yeah, deeper. Cut yourself deeper. Get an artery. Bleed out right there. Rub your bloody hand on that girl's white pants and go, ruined. (laughs) Just that's what I wanted. But I'm a sadistic son of a bitch, so. What was with the theme of astrology? running throughout this i never really noticed it until i pointed it out because i've been pointing out lately so this is after the 27th or the 26th which we just came out of i believe all this y'all can laugh at me it's fine i don't care we just came out of a really massive three planet retrograde and i told sean i'm like all the bad shit happens in a retrograde we just went into venus retrograde which i feel like is really hitting us hard But, like, everybody believes that Mercury retrograde, like, really fucks with shit. It has to do with, like, astrology and, like, all that stuff. I won't really speak on it. I like it. I don't understand it completely because I haven't really delved into it. But I know when somebody says, oh, God, Mercury's in retrograde, I'm like, yeah, bad shit's happening. And I'm just going to be like, well, it is what it is. Just clean up afterwards. But when she said, like, oh, man, she was reading the horoscopes. It was kind of a forecast. Like, forecast foreshadowing it was really a foreshadowing of what was going to happen the ones that she did read all of them died they died it wasn't a good day they had a horrible day blah 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 blah. 
I think she read Franklin's and Jerry. Was it Jerry? Is that the other guy? It's Kirk, Franklin, Jerry, Sally, Pam. I think that's right. If I'm wrong, go ahead and, you know, come oh. for me. It's fine. But for some reason, the names of, like, the other kids have always escaped me on this one. I heard Kirk's name once. I heard Pam's name once. Franklin is said multiple times. Franklin and Sally. Sally. Yeah. But then they scream, Jerry. But I hear, Jerry. I think it was Jerry. I think it's Jerry. Um. But, yeah. Um. As a photographer, I wanted his fucking camera. The minute he pulled that out and he went, and this accordion thing, I was like, I don't care about the movie anymore. I want the camera. Where do I get that camera? Bring me back to the 70s and buy that shit for me. I want it. Speaking of, this is sort of related, but like, how did how did you feel about the visual look of this movie? Gritty. It's very gritty. It was very, um, had a lot of grain to it, but not in a way that... I'm looking at a movie that you've got sitting over there. The House of whatever. It's a newer, it's in a clamshell. It's a newer movie. I can't remember it. Where they do like the satanic thing and the upstairs, the girls in the... House of the Devil. Yes, House of the Devil. Which I commented, I thought was a stupid movie. We'll get to that later. Yeah, I know. He's giving me this face like you bitch. But Now I wish that, we could cover that one. <laughs> that one's very grainy. Like you, you're like almost too grainy. This one, because of when it was recorded, is going to have natural grain to it. And I'm like, it's dirty, it's gritty, it's grainy. I wish it was a little darker in some of the scenes. It was dark in the Franklin house that they went to, their grandfather's house. It was dark there. I like that. It stayed kind of light throughout the rest of the film, even when they were in uh, Leatherface's house. Like, it was almost distractingly brighter and I'm like I wish it was a little darker just a little bit it would have put me a little more in a mood well I mean yeah this movie is definitely I think the reason people were so convinced it was like real or at least based on something real was because of the that raw nature that it mm. has like I noticed especially this time around I noticed that this movie has some very dynamic camera moves for a movie from the early 70s. Mm. Like, I was seeing stuff that, like, people only really started recently doing. Mm. Like, you have these, like, slow pans through the the wheat field, seeing them getting out of the van, and it's like all this wheat is in the foreground. And, like, most movies from the 70s would have had a clean foreground and like not but that's why this one was so popular it's different the thing is like people remember this film because it was different like if you tell me any other movies from the 70s that are horror i'd be like all right okay all right this one always stood out i was always terrified to watch this not because of the possibility that there was a real aspect to it but it just looked like oh there's also unsettling. a lot yeah there's also a lot of attention to detail throughout this, like, the, like all these shots of where it like focuses is on, ugh, focuses in on the spider's nest or uh, on the bones that are making the up the furniture. The bones were clean, and the molars actually had like fillings, fucking fillings in them. 
and there was like a couple of the skulls like some of them were clean some of them were dirty and the skull and the rib cages were that were hanging had dirt and grime and shit hanging off of it it was like it wasn't a clean kind of set then it was made dirty it was like no it's we're gonna make it dirty and then throw this shit with it it was like they paid attention like, even the Franklin house, I felt like they were like, oh, we're going to look for an abandoned house and just film in it. And that's why I was like, oh, this is pretty, pretty cool. I kind of, it's disturbing, but all right, I get it. Our next fun fact. Um, all the, you, we have a lot of furniture and set decoration throughout this film. It's the made of like couch. bones. Yeah. All of those bones are real. You told me that the first time, and I was They're, like, "What? how did they do that? So, essentially, I guess it was the prop master who w was in charge of finding all this stuff. I don't exactly recall how he found it, but I know that he essentially just went out, I think maybe to butcher shops and, like, um, possibly, like, uh, dog pounds, stuff mm -hmm. like that, where, like, the they would kill animals and chop them up and shit they and he would essentially just buy the bones off of them and then leave them outside to dry out and then he would just take them and build these art pieces <gasps> oh my god like some of them were what so the scene where they get to the gas station I want to know what happened to the dude washing the front of the car <laughs> He's there, he's washing the car, he's all creepy-like. Never see him again. Was he, he part of the family? Was he just, like, a resident that struck a deal to not get eaten? Also, were they eating people from the barbecue that Franklin had food in his mouth? Was that people? It's a good question. That was something that bugged me the last time we watched it, and he's sitting there, got a, wheeling himself around, got a piece of sausage in his mouth, and I'm like, is that, is that people? Are you, are you eating the last victims? Oh. I mean, the sicko in me wants to think that that's definitely what was intended. Mm. But you never know. It's it's all ambiguous. Oh, I hate films that leave you hanging. And this motherfucker sitting across from me loves writing fucking scripts where it's like, answer these questions. No, it's not what the point of the film is. It's about. so much better when it, you're left to it think. It leaves though. me with terrible anxiety when I leave a theater going, "What the fuck just?" That's happened? the point. I don't like it. It gives you that impact. That I like Disney impression. movies. Cut, dry, done. Speaking of lasting impressions, oh Jesus! That first kill scene. What was it? Uh, uh Kirk. Kirk. Yeah. No. Yeah, Kirk. So when he goes into the house right before the, you know, infamous swing ass shot. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and That ass shot is infamous? Oh, infamous. Really? And it's been replicated in more movies than I can count. Oh, I didn't even notice it. <laughs> but um, that first kill scene when he, when you hear that, the crack of the hammer on his head and like his body is just twitching oh, violently on yep. the ground. Yeah, that was a lot. That, I mean... <laughs> Did I make a... No, I didn't make a comment about that. But all I remember is, like, him, like, like walking in, going there, just a thump. I'm like... And then his body starts twitching. I'm like, oh. Oh. That poor kid was like, hey, 
We need some gasoline. Dead. Alright, well... I want to make it a point to mention that this this scene, this first kill, is 40 minutes into this film. Yeah! 40 minutes before you ever see Leatherface. I mean, that raises the suspense because you're... If you're... You're at the movie theaters in 1974 watching this for the first time. You have no idea what's going to come at you. And when you hear the... Like his like squeal kind of talking, whatever he's doing. And you're like, what the fuck is that? Like, what what is going on? And then he just fucking turns around and beans him in the head. I bet you that entire theater is just sitting there like... What just happened? And it's just like... I'm sorry, what just happened? I think the ass scene, I kind of, sort of remember you telling me it was infamous. What to me is more infamous is her getting to the door and then him just whoop right back in. And I'm like, oh, you sweet summer child. If you wore proper shoes, you would have been able to get out. I don't know. I, like, I almost love that they waited that long it builds to reveal Leatherface. Yeah. Like, it just builds that dread of you're not, you don't know what to expect. Mm. You're like, you have no idea what's going to happen to these kids, but you know it's not going to be good. I think the first time watching this would have been better if I never saw the remake when I was younger. I personally agree. If I never saw the remake, that was Jessica Biel. And was that Justin Long? Was he in that movie no. too? No, uh, that's uh, that's the boogie. Jessica boogie Biel woogie. and... Um, oh, I see him. He's got the little mustache here. Oh my God. I used to know this guy's I name. I don't remember I his name. I know in, in the movie his name is Kemper. Uh, Let's see. God, he was in Haven and um, Six Feet Under. Eric Balfour. I don't know how you pulled that out of your ass. Eric Balfour. That was amazing. Oh God, that guy. I love that Texas Chainsaw's remake is the only movie I love that man in. He is fantastic in that part. And in everything else I've seen of it, he sucks. Yeah, I, I know Jessica Biel's name. Mike Vogel. I don't know who you are. All right. Mike Vogel's become kind of a, a regular in a lot of things, actually. Erica Lear, Learheisen? Erica Learson. Learson, okay. She's uh, most well-known from Blair Witch 2. And Jonathan Tucker. Yes, Jonathan Tucker is actually... I think he comes from comedy initially. What did it say that he was in? Oh, his lists include The Virgin Suicide, Hostage, nope, In the I'm Valley wrong. of El, The Ruins, Charlie's Angels, Hostage, Film is the Series, thing I know. The Black Donnellys, Parenthood, Kingdom, Justified, Snowflake, Westworld. He's in Westworld? Yeah, he's in Westworld. Everything I hear about that series makes me want to we watch it really more and more. need to watch Westworld because I heard <laughs> it is fucking amazing. But I digress. Back to. All right. One thing that I have to address, I wanted Franklin to get killed so much sooner in this movie. Uh, I hate you and that everyone kid. else. The minute he starts like me, 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 I'm like, put. He should have been the one that got tr- hit by the truck at the end. Like this, like why is this man child whining the whole time? Like, oh, I can't go upstairs. Oh, I'm in a hat. Like, why did you come? The only thing I can think is that they were trying to make him someone who was so 
beaten down by the fact that he's disabled and like he it just turned him into a whiny child. I don't think that was the right way to go with that character. No. And frankly, I will say this. He's kind of offensive to disabled and, people. Yeah. Like really, like he is very like different time, different era, the way it was story told, but they did not have anybody that was disabled in the remake that I remember. No. Because even at that point, which the movie was made in 2003. Well, that's actually not true. The grandfather of the family was disabled in the remake. That makes sense. Yeah. Because they're literally, we'll get to the dining room scene. What the fuck? Um, I, what, what creeps me out the most about the house is, and that scene was, there was no background music or noise from the moment those kids walk up to that door till the moment he drags her back in. There is no music. There is no sound. The only sound that happens is when Pam falls over into the bone room and there's like the chicken and all those like flashing scenes, but it was unsettling. It, it, it makes you realize how important sound and music is to a movie because it's like, why is nothing? Why is there no noise? No. Speaking of unsettling sounds, fucking the. I think the most one of the. I think one of the most unsettling parts of this movie is Leatherface's fucking screaming. Like when he comes out of the doorway with the the hammer over <gasps> Jerry's head. Oh my god! And it's just. Ah! Oh my god! Like his screams are absolutely guttural and terrifying, and. It kind of makes you want to be like, did the guy who did Leatherface, was he actually making those sounds? He was. He was? And Ooh. you know what? Shout out to fucking Gunnar Hansen, who is unfortunately no longer with us. That man was an absolute brilliant actor, even when he was that young. Because if you look at his performance, like really watch him in this movie, uh, especially right after he kills Jerry. Mm. He, like, there's that scene where he goes back into that back room and sits by the window and he's, like, kind of like, freaking oh out. Like, oh, no, she, she got, like, I'm stressed out. You get this sense that he's, like, more... He himself is a kid. Yeah, he is he, a child. He's not so much a brutal killer, but he's more like an animal lashing out at all these people that are coming into his domain. And it's And then watching his awesome. father, like, just go up to him and he's like, oh... No, uh, like I'm like, oh my god. That's like one of the most interesting turns because you see you, Leatherface you as this Leatherface, big yeah. imposing monster. Oh my god, he's just gonna kill everybody. And then, like, oh no, he's just a scared kid. And then you kind of sit there and go, the first forty minutes of this movie, look, the first, I would say thirty minutes of this movie, because let's, ugh, Sally, oh god, like Sally it is terrifying. Um. That room that Pam falls in, I hope you know that there were so many puns going through my head. I have a bone to pick with you. Oh, look, she feather falled into the room. Did you write all these down? No. Uh, the bone <laughs> to pick you when I did uh, the people couch. We'll see you now. Um. Oh, look, Pam's hip now because she, she fell near a hip bone. Yeah, there were way too many puns that I went through oh. in my head. Um... 
One thing that bugged me. Was Pan still alive in the cooler or was that a nerve jerk when Um, I believe I personally think that she was still somewhat alive at that point. And that was her like last desperate attempt. Yeah. I don't cuz you can't really sell that big of a movement as a nerve jerk. I think that was her like her she was still alive but she was like bleeding out and She's there, barely and hanging on kind of thing. He opened the thing and she was like, "No, help me." And, and then just, just once Leatherface turned the corner, it looked like she was just, nope, gived yeah. up. <laughs> she gived up. Um, oh, uh, since you mentioned the that house, that mm. uh, you know that you can actually still visit that house? Yes, and I remembered when she was walking up to the house, and then we saw Jerry going up to the house. I'm like, I kind of remember Sean telling me that you can still visit that house. Yes, it's not in the same location anymore. Um, they moved the whole house and they actually turned it into a barbecue restaurant. So when are we going to Texas to this barbecue restaurant? Because I think this would be incredible. Well, to be like, I'm eating people. <laughs> you can bet your ass that if we ever find ourselves in Texas, we're visiting we're, that house. We're going there. Um. All right, let's talk about the whole man-child sister fight. Give me the flashlight. No. Give me the flashlight. No. Give me the flashlight. No. Oh, my God. Oh, I've God. never had fights with that with my siblings. No. Fucking. We can't stress enough that Franklin in this movie is the most annoying fucking character it's like you're to supposed ever hit a to feel film. bad for him because he's disabled. And then every turn he makes, you're like, I want to roll this son of a bitch down a hill. He has a solid three minute scene where he just. <laughs> Just blows what, raspberries. One of my comments is, what's with the raspberries? Did everybody, was everybody afraid of just fucking middle fingering everybody? Like, what is going on? Just, uh, like, these all these teenagers going, <laughs> like, really? Use your words. Like, I'm fucking pissed. You left me down here. I'm on wheels. There are stairs. Use your voice. But, and I'm going to use this as a segue to the next topic, but I honestly think that they did that moment specifically with the flashlight as a um, kind of a juxtaposition for the family dynamic that we then see with Leatherface and all of them. Uh, okay. I, I Okay, I get that one. The other thing I was thinking was the conflict that the family has now woven, like bringing the hitchhiker in kind of put a little conflict. And then everybody breaking away from the group. In horror movies, stop breaking away from the group, you dumbass teenagers. Just saying. Like, they've broken up the group. Like, that was their whole purpose. Like, the blood on the van, he marked the van. Like, they knew that they had to take these kids down. Um, But I also believe that that whole thing was made to make you feel even worse for Sally. Like, she's stuck with this kid. Um, her boyfriend's missing, her friends are gone, she's all alone, and she's stuck with this responsibility that she doesn't want. Not to mention the fact that they're only on this trip to see if their grandmother's grave was desecrated. Mm-hmm. Like... This would have been solved if the parents went to check it first. Just saying. Chick's having a hell of a day. Like, why'd you wear white pants to this to this day? Like, I don't understand. Didn't oh. you see Slaver Day? She was trying to fuck. Oh, God. <laughs> Nice reference. Um, here's one of my favorite things, and it comes up every time, and I know you laughed at me the first time, and I know this this paints me in, like, her, her light. 
I can't pay attention to Sally's fucking face because all I see is her nipples. Fair. They put a solid color shirt with a light kind of textured fabric and all I see are her nipples. The other girl is even like, you know she's not wearing a bra. I have no problem with the girls not wearing bras. No problem at all. And I know the whole like liberation, they don't, you know, bras were kind of like restricting restricting and ha- not having them. It, it, it's fine. But holy crap, even as a woman, I'm like, look at her nipples. Well, yeah, this was the 70s. So you got to take into account the um, hippie flower child kind of generation. The Not to mention the scientific um, aspect of the fact that they were shooting in blistering, sweltering heat mm. all the time. And her sweating would also actually cause that. Yeah. So... I, mean. I will say, as a girl who cannot stand wearing a bra in the summer, if I could get away with not wearing one, I would. I understand it, but there are moments where, like, she's standing there in direct light, and you're like, nipples. I see your nipples. And it was just, it was one thing that always bugged because the other girl was meant to be the sexier, kind of trampy girl. I'm pretty sure my 16-year-old sister has worn that same outfit and nobody's batted an eye now. Like, you really want them to look trampy? Have them go out in the Borat swimsuit just covering the nips and a little bit of the the vagina. Well, I mean, it's a staple in horror for a reason. Sex Uh, sells. Sex sells. I don't think they were intending to do that with this movie at all. No, but I bet you a lot of the men that were in the audience were like, ooh, yeah, hey. I mean, the ass shot is in there for a reason. And I miss that ass shot all the time. Oh, here's another pun. When um, Leatherface kills Franklin, I said, oh, look, Meals on Wheels. Anyways. Ooh. I'm going to get canceled for that one. I apologize to any handy-capable listeners. I'm technically disabled, too, but I apologize if I offend anybody. Uh, um, fuck your feelings. <laughs> Once that happens and we go into the, what I believe is 20 minutes till we get her to the barbecue place. Sally, stop fucking screaming. That's how he knows where you are. He has a chainsaw in his ear. If you keep screaming, he can find you. If you shut the fuck up, maybe, and I hate to say this, take the pants off so you're white legs blend in a little more or you're you know you don't have blaring white pants on and fucking hide like that is the most i know that's supposed to be terrifying that is the most infuriating part i like her to that point where she's just like "Ah!" i'm like stop screaming speaking of sally screaming she definitely earns her goddamn place as a scream queen in this movie yes Holy shit. Top of the list. Like, Jamie Lee. I don't know. I, I think Sally beats Jamie, Jamie Lee. Jamie Lee, her one. mother. Janet Lee. Janet Lee. Oh, wait. Yeah, Jamie Lee. Jan- I'm 36 years old, and I just got that. Leah was today years old when she realized. That Janet Lee and Jamie Lee make sense. I gotta, I gotta go. <laughs> All right. Then we get to... She's running, she's running, she's running. Like, 
did she really run that entire length? Because from the house, from Leatherface's house to the barbecue place, that's a hell of a trek. It's not that like. far. No. No, because um, I mean, and you could explain this away with edits, mm. but they essentially pull out of the barbecue restaurant, um, and when they're there, they actually mes- uh, mention that they're looking for that place, and it's not far. Um, yeah, because the Franklin house is like a, a, like a cut away right from the Leatherface house. Yeah, they pull out, and then they essentially go down the next side road. Yeah. So she could have easily cut through the woods to All get right. there. But it just seems with edits, I'm like, that seems like really... But I forget, like, edits are a big deal, and it's dark, so it doesn't look the same as it does in the light. But man, bitch, stop screaming. Oh, my God. Um. So this is actually... Uh, this is actually getting us to the big climax. Um, dun, 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 dun. Obviously, this was your second time seeing it, but mm-hmm. like, if you can recall, how did you feel about that big that the reveal when she gets to the barbecue place and turns out that guy is not gonna help her? <laughs> really, you didn't think he was seedy before when he was like, "Nope, don't have any gas. Why don't you guys wait here? You want some food?" Really? I would have gotten back there and went, I'm going to keep running by. The fact that when he's hugging her to comfort her, and he's like, they're there, darling, they're there, and he's just smiling. I'm like... (sighs) I wonder if that was intentional or if that was just bad acting. I mean, no, I think that guy did a pretty good job because the first time I watched it, I was like, this motherfucker's creepy, but I wouldn't have assumed he's Leatherface's father. Um, he's helping her out in the thing, you know, she's looking around, she's freaking out. She's reacting like somebody who's been a hell, through a hell of a lot of trauma in the last, like, maybe, I would say that whole scene probably only lasted, like, 10 or 15 minutes. That's also definitely where the, uh, that moment is where the threat of cannibalism really enters this movie. Yeah, that was the moment where I was like, barbecue, fa- oh, Oh, is that like, people? When like she's... when looking into the barbecue thing, yeah. I'm like, I'm I look into that going, is that is there a person in there? Like I can't tell. Yeah, you're looking to see if you can see like limbs. Yeah, or... but it's like, oh, it's it's a cow torso. Obviously, you can see that, and you can see certain other things. But when they're back at the house, he's making everything into sausages, which I'm like, oh, it's ground up people. Oh, that's where I was like, no. um. <laughs> Really? You beating her with a broom? Oh, that was hilarious. Sweeping her off her feet. Um, littered Fuck. with puns. Littered. <laughs> I am your punishment. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too. Like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. 
Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. We interrupt your regularly scheduled film talk for this important announcement. I know what you're thinking. Oh, God, not an ad. But trust me, if you have ever had a passing interest in podcasting, then you're going to want to hear about Anchor. Anchor is a podcast platform by Spotify, and it is way easier to make a podcast with absolutely everything you need to capture your audience all in one place. Anchor has the tools to help you record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And choosing to host with Anchor means that you can distribute your podcast on all major listening platforms like Spotify, naturally, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and many more. It also allows you to begin earning money with your show with no minimum listener requirements. Anchor was our first and only choice when we decided to start our show, and we cannot recommend it enough. So if you have an idea to podcast, don't wait any longer. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Um, and then he ties her up, gets her in the car, and then just fucking digs her with the broom <laughs> <laughs> like now don't you worry darling <laughs> as much as i what the hell? as much as i love that little toying moment i was so distracted by the terrible driving pantomime like <laughs> don't you worry darling <laughs> i'm like you should be swerving everywhere in that white truck everywhere. all over the fucking road right now oh guy. my god motherfucker <laughs> but then the getting to so you get to the house and it's revealed that the hitchhiker is part of the family and that he's part of the family and everybody goes in and stuff um and they tie her up and they're torturing her and doing like really crazy things and it was like even when i watched it the first time like the remake doesn't really that dinner scene in the remake i was like i can't i'm sitting there watching this going i cannot remember that dinner scene in the remake because the dinner scene isn't in the remake it's like i was trying to remember like certain bits and pieces i'm like doing this in that probably would have not made as much sense because this just sells home the we're cannibals thing yeah and i was just floored by leatherface cowering because his father was just like threatening backhand to him and i'm like what the this big old scary killer and now you're like you're thinking about like psychologically what have these people done to these two and i'm including the hitchhiker because i'm assuming he's like i think he's the older brother i would assume the hitchhiker's the older believe that's correct yeah like the older brother the way he talks to his parents and then the younger brother how he cowers and like he does everything but i was just like damn that's terrifying that was terrifying to me I think the interesting thing about once you meet the family, so to speak, I think it's really cool that they kind of form the like these multiple fragments of one fucked up person. Yeah. Like they're they're all these different pieces to one pool of madness almost. Speaking of that, the in this entire third act from start to finish is literally just one ball of chaos. I mean, if you think about it, back, back, think back through, there are shots of just close up to her eye 
to the point where she has makeup on. You can see in the corner of her eye, there is mascara in her eyeball. And I'm like, damn. Like, that sells the, she's slowly going fucking crazy. That, the super close-up of her eye is actually one of my favorite shots in this whole movie. I mean, that is really cool when she's kind of like, freaking out and you've got the eyeballs and you're seeing her face and like you know mentally she's she's breaking mentally because at this point she doesn't know if she's going to be able to escape like she has lost all hope she escaped the first time went into the arms of somebody she was hoping would be her savior and now all of a sudden come to find out oh you're the patriarch of this family fuck me no he's not the patriarch because grandpa's a vampire let's talk about grandpa oh my god First time you see this guy, you assume he's just a corpse in a chair. Not even a corpse. I thought he was a Halloween mask with bones over it. That's what I thought the first time. I'm like, oh, this dude just has a Halloween mask on and it's bones over him. That's what I assume because grandma is just fucking rotten in bones. So I'm thinking first time I watched him, I'm like, oh, they've got a skeleton with like a mask on it because, you know, that's grandma. That's grandpa. Oh, that's gross. That's disgusting come to find out this wheel this motherfucker downstairs and he's sucking her blood out of her finger yes that's disgusting and i believe my last fun fact uh, for this one. Oh god did you know that that grandpa isn't a grandpa how young that i believe uh, i believe the kid was like 17 or 18 yeah, that's that why he him. has a grandpa mask on he's him right super young and he got to suckle on this screen queen's <laughs> finger for a few minutes. And then they're just like, hair in the head, Grandpa. Uh. <laughs> if you look close. Hair in the head, Grandpa. They hit her Yeah, good. if you look close, the they hammer actually her. like falls on her head Ooh. at one point. Like, and she does. And you know what? Like a fucking trooper. She doesn't react to it. She just keeps thrashing like she's supposed to. And that's when I went, all right, the girl who plays Sally. Good Lord. I hope they paid her well. I really do. Yeah, uh, by today's standards, I feel like she should have earned a fucking Academy Award for that role. I don't think Academy Awards go to horror movies. I'm just saying. They never do. It's unfortunate. A lot of work goes into horror movies. Because do you know how sick and twisted these sons of bitches are to write a horror movie? You literally have to be okay with some of the most disturbing things going through your head. And just be like, cool, now I'm going to go take a shower and go to my 9 to 5. (laughs) <laughs> Trust me, I know. Yeah, I know. Um, I mean, that basically brings us to her escape. Yes. And uh, she, so she breaks free from being hit in the head she with a really hammer. She really likes jumping through windows. She jumps through windows like three times in this yes. movie. Yes. Oh, is it two or three? It's three, right? It's the top window. It's the dining room window. She jumps through something else. We'll say two, because I'm not positive. Yeah, we'll say but two. She runs, uh, jumps through the window, realizes it's now morning, runs down the driveway, Leatherface comes through the door with his chainsaw. I have a problem with the scene before Leatherface gets there. Okay. The brother could have grabbed her at any point, but he's like... <laughs> he's an absolute lunatic. No, 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 no. Got her. Cut her head off. Yeah, they chase her out into the road. Um, she uh, flags down a... No, uh, the hitchhiker nearly gets her. Nearly gets her, gets hit by a truck, 
that guy tries to get her in the car. By the way, this when he gets hit by this truck, he fucking splatters like a goddamn watermelon in a Gallagher It's choke. nothing like the scanner's head explosion, but no, it is but still pretty fuck, up there. He gets fucked. He, oh my god, I almost was like, damn, did they actually like hit a real body in that scene? Because it didn't do the like fold-up weird thing like mannequins do. It went uh, everywhere, and I'm like, oh, oh, God, that's nasty. Ooh. But, yeah, like, she, this guy pulls over after he hits him, brings her in the car, like, literally, like, drags her in the car. They both get out. Um, And then she flags a truck down. Like, that last scene is, like, rewind this so I can see it again. Like, watching it a second time now, within, like, I would say two years, I'm like, oh, never noticed that the dude, that Leatherface never attacked the trucker. Was only going after her. Trucker was just in the way. Yeah, trucker was just, like, cannon fodder, but the trucker was like, I'm out of here. He, he, he just fucked off. Like, he was gone. Um, but goddamn, like, that whole thing, I'm like, alright, wait, what happened? So they got to the road, he got hit, she flat... What is happening now? And my first run through, I thought she was crying the entire time. It wasn't until there's so much crap in my mouth right now. It wasn't until the second running, I was like, she's fucking maniacally laughing. Yeah, that that last shot when she's in the back of the truck and she's just laughing hysterically. She's realized I've gotten away, but she's been beaten with a broom handle, running around, jumping through windows. Uh, got hit in the head like the they showed like she got real hit in the head she's probably delirious delirious dehydrated fucked up brain damage like this poor girl's just like i just watched i just realized all of my brother got slaughtered my friends are dead my boyfriends are dead boyfriends are dead there's more of them boyfriend's dead all of these people are dead these guys are cannibals like what the fuck this poor girl needs all the help she can get. Like, Absolutely. holy crap. Holy uh, crap. So, looking looking at this entire movie, I, I find it hilarious that this movie is synonymously remembered as one of the most brutal, violent, and gory films ever made. Yet, there's almost no blood in this entire thing. There's a little, like, she is the bloodiest thing at the end. That's it. Like she's she is covered head to toe in blood at the end. But that's it. You don't you see a little bit of blood on Kirk after he gets hit. You don't see anything on Jerry. You don't see any blood on her except on her feet. Uh and other than that, like you see the blood here and the blood on Franklin's arm. You don't see Franklin getting chopped up. You just see yeah. it from the back. Which this I think is, a movie is where creative. People are... I like it. This is a movie where people are murdered with chainsaws. There should be more. Honestly, there should have been more blood. Blood has more physics than that. And I'm very surprised it wasn't just the whole cast and crew is just like, I got to go take a shower after one scene. Uh, It's so weird. Like, I've always thought that was hilarious. And that's something they do in like the remake and the Mm. sequels to that. It's their way more bloody. Oh, my God. Yeah. But this movie I, and it, it's probably because of the budget. It's probably because of the ratings board. It's probably a lot of things that don't allow you to see the violence. Well, but. think about what other movies came out in the early 70s. Can you think of any other, like, any other movies that would compare to this in the early 70s? American movies? Yes. 
American. Closest thing you would have would be uh, Black Christmas, but. And I've only sadly seen that once. Don't worry, we'll cover it. Oh God! As long <laughs> as we don't have to see the new one again. Never. 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 Nope. <laughs> um, I will say, I. Oh, I'm gonna get shot. This movie isn't as good as I'd hoped it would be. When, and I've said this to you many times, I loved horror movies. My favorite horror movies when I was like early teens, late teens, was 13 Ghosts, Gothica, Ghost Ship. I followed everything from Dark Castle Productions and that's where I started getting into horror films. I was terrified of The Shining. Rosemary's Baby, the original Texas Chainsaw Master, Halloween, because they are marketed as the most terrifying movies you'll watch. The Exorcist. I've to this day never watched Exorcist from start to finish because everybody marketed the most terrifying movie you'll see. But then I finally watched Rosemary's Baby and I was like, what is this garbage? It might be the sign of me being tainted from movies of now where... I mean, the best horror movie I think we have watched together is The Op- Autopsy of Jane Doe. That movie fucking terrified me. But it was so good. It was subtle. Like, it wasn't... You don't agree with me, do you? I think the movie was good. I enjoyed it. Midsommar. Midsommar was, like, woo. Very interesting. Different kind of horror. Very different kind Hereditary. Of horror. Same as Midsommar. Same as Midsommar. But I have yet to find a movie that, and I've told you this, no horror movies to date have terrified me more than Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Which falls into our coverage range. And that one's the fault of, like, a family member. I watched it when I was way too young. Save it for, save oh, it for Killer Clowns. I've never, I have not seen that movie any part of that movie since I was about four and a half, five years old. Meanwhile, this motherfucker was watching shit at five years old for fun. Yeah. Uh, first, my introduction to horror was a Nightmare on Elm Street when I was three. And uh, after, I need to talk to your parents. After that was uh, Child's Play. Oh my God. So I started I'm... very, I actually had a Chucky doll growing up. One of those My Buddy dolls look just like Chucky. Oh my god, why? Why? I was afraid of the labyrinth for a little while. Because David Bowie scared me. Now? Rest in peace, David Bowie. You're so good. Speaking of which, if anybody's listening or watching for that matter, if you have one of those My Buddy dolls from way back... No. No, no, no. Oh, come on. No, no, no. If I ever find one. I already one, have threatened with fucking gremlins in this house. You are not getting a My Buddy If I doll. ever find one, I am absolutely purchasing it. Cool. It can live in the storage unit with all the other crap that we own. She hates me. I don't hate you. It fucking freaks. Teddy Ruxpin freaks me out because mine would talk in the middle of the night with no batteries in it. Oh, I'm definitely getting one of those. He fucking hates me. <laughs> wants me to piss myself in the middle of the night. <sighs> so, here's my couple questions for you on my end. You are the horror movie 
connoisseur. And I say this while staring at the massive tape collection that you have that is mostly horror that we'll have to eventually either put like a picture up for our podcast or like put a picture up for the video. Like what we have here, like there is more in storage. <laughs> it is a huge amount of movies. Plus, you know, all the streaming services we have. We actually watched this movie on Shutter because yeah, we have it on DVD and you have it on tape? No, you don't have the original on tape? I do have the you original have the, on do, tape. Like we only have a little TV that'll play black and white. We have a big TV that'll play all this stuff. But what do you think does the remake in 2003 compare to anything to this movie in 1974? So personally, I'm actually a, an advocate for the remake. I think this the remake of this movie is great on its own. It made choices that I don't agree with, but a lot of the things that it chose to do, I do agree with. I, uh... I don't think it hold it hits the same way the original does. Mm. Most remakes don't. They just fall short. The remake uh Marcus Nispel was the director of the remake, uh produced by Michael Bay infamously. Fount of knowledge, ladies and gentlemen. Um, I personally think he did an incredible job with that remake. I will still watch it on occasion um but no i don't think it i don't think it hits the same way i don't think it ever will i can't comment because i saw this movie when i was in high school i do not remember if we've watched it recently i feel like we might have but that's how unmemorable the remake is in my opinion and I guess I have a different view of horror than you do. I'm looking for something that terrifies me, that bothers me. And this is why paranormal activity scares the shit out of me. Because I believe in that stuff. I've had that stuff happen to me. Y'all can laugh at me if you want, but it's happened to me. <laughs> that terrifies me because it's a real life scenario. This movie, while uh, it could be a real life scenario... The remake just seems romanticized, like glorifying the gore and making it gorier and more horrible, which I think a lot of the current movies and why we're sticking to the Grindhouse error, a lot more modern horror is just look how much we can throw in. Look how scary. Look how creepy. Look how crazy. It's like subtle. Like this movie was subtle. That moment where he, you're hoping Pam gets away and he's just like, nope, floop, gone. You're just like, shit. Like, that's the only thing you can think is shit. Watching it a second time is less anxiety ridden. Because the first time I was like, uh, why? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, why? You think Leatherface is around every corner. But you really know that he's not. He's just in his house until these people are like, hey, we're breaking in. Like, that's when he knows you're there. If they never showed up at the house, nothing would have ever happened. What? Uh, so what would you, what would you rate this movie? Out, out, of, five, an, out, of, out fi of five stars. Out of five. I'd give it a two and a half. I really would. Personal opinion, not overall op personal opinion. It doesn't scare me. It doesn't hit it home. The movie's beautiful. The visuals are great. The acting is 
it's good, but it's a classic, but it doesn't give me that terrified feeling. And it could be just the product of our generation. We get so much horror, like crazy horror thrown at us that a movie like this may not be what I'm looking for. Now, if your terms of classic movie, something that stands the test of time, yeah, it's a five. Personal opinion, it's a two and a half for me. Um, so, uh, for me, that taking into account that I've seen this movie quite a few times, I grew up watching this and all of its sequels. Uh, I've seen the remake. I've actually, I actually had a chance to watch this movie on 35 millimeter film, and. That is one of my most treasured memories. Shout out to the late Arthur Johnson for that one. Love that man. Watching it today, I can see all of the things that make it so good still. Mm. And I, I'm going to sound like just a, any other horror fan, but it's a five star. And it always will be. And I think that's why this platform works because you're coming from someone who appreciates cinema appreciates it for all aspects and somebody who's just watching the movie i'm just watching the movie i don't take everything else into account because to me it's like i watched the sequel before this so i think my opinion is a little jaded because it's like i watched the gorier the scarier the jump scare the weird one this one's not as weird as that one. This one's definitely cut and dry. I wish I would have seen this one first. I would have liked it more. But, you know, didn't know you back then. So I couldn't have watched it back then. That's all right. We're, we're, we're rectifying the situation now. I, and it's funny when Sean's like, have you seen blah, blah, blah. I've probably seen maybe 100, 150 movies. This includes probably 90% of the Disney catalog. Like, I've watched a lot of Disney movies. I've watched a lot of fantasy movies. I'm not so, like, I, I'm a fan of horror, but I don't go out of my way until we started dating. Because to me, it was like, oh, it's a horror movie. It's not a big deal. Like, whatever. Like, there are some movies that we're covering. I hate. You've already mentioned several movies. I'm like, I hate that movie. But... This is the point of this of us sitting down and starting this podcast. It is to broaden both of our horizons. We're going to be watching things that one of us on either end will likely never ha- would likely never have gone out of their way to watch before. Mm-hmm. I personally think it's going to be an interesting experiment and it's going to allow us to kind of get out of our own wheelhouses I definitely have a weird wheelhouse I mean you could probably see from my desk I have a cutesy kind of spoopy not spooky not horror spoopy vibe like I like ooh all little spooky things I love Hocus Pocus (laughs) which falls into our category (laughs) that movie's about as like spooky as I got when I was a kid you know I wasn't allowed to watch horror movies my mother hates horror movies my brother, I love my brother, I really do. Horror movies make him sick. Like, we didn't have horror movies in our house. 
now that we're older, my sister will watch, like, I will recommend a horror movie to my, my brother-in-law and my sister. And she'll be like, that movie was dumb. And you'll be like, what do you mean it was dumb? Like, what, what, why? We gotta get your brother on the podcast. Oh my god, he's gonna kill us. <laughs> we're not watching a horror movie with my brother. <laughs> we'll have him, we'll have him watch something fun. Well, we're not sticking strictly to horror. We no. probably will cover a lot of horror. We will probably, but. because it's it's one of the more interesting ones but we're also looking at a huge amount of like some examples labyrinth one of the ones i want to pull out is like my fair lady like musicals too i was like oh we can do the music man i'm literally only thinking of what's down here right now i can't yeah We've also got movies that, like, neither one of us would ever watch. Like, I mentioned You've Got Mail the other day. That was 99. That was a Meg Ryan, Tom Hanks reunion movie because they were in Sleepless Seattle together. That movie, I loved it when I was younger. Now that I'm an adult, (laughs) I'll save my opinions for the podcast. But we're doing that one because it's out of our comfort zone. It's a romantic comedy, and the two of us would be like... Romantic comedy, no. So I'm going to dial us back to Texas Chainsaw here. Oh, of course. Um, what was your favorite moment in the film? Oh, what is my favorite moment in the film? <sighs> Shit. I think it's probably the bliss that Franklin and Sally have right before... Franklin says, I think I heard something and he puts the chainsaw right through Franklin. The moment where they just thinking their friends got lost. Oh, my friends are lost. Let's go find them. It's not a big deal. That bliss moment and just the way it's just shattered. I'm like, I fucking love it. I love when that happens. I think it's beautiful. It's like, ah, beautiful horror at its finest. (laughs) What about you? Uh, I, that's t- very, very tough for me. Um, I think my favorite moment is the um, when Leatherface comes out of that back room and screams and hits Jerry. Because it, it hits you so hard. I, I can't remember the scream he makes, but all I can think of is the, the fucking thing from Star Wars. It's, it's not far <laughs> off. Like he comes out and he's just like... Oh my god. I am so sorry to everybody's ears. That was way too much. Don't worry, I'll try and dial it. Oh god, I'm so loud, I'm sorry. Favorite line. Favorite line? Oh god, give me a minute. Favorite line. And to be clear, line of dialogue. No shit, we're not doing lines of coke for this movie here. Speak for yourself. (laughs) Stay out of my flower, okay? No wonder why it's missing. It's not Coke. It's flour. Or powdered sugar. Or baking soda. Are you alright? No. <laughs> Favorite line. Uh, honestly, it's when she screams. It's her screams. They're so interesting. It's not just like a cut and dry like... Ah! It's like she's blood curdling. Like, it is from her fucking gut. Even though it's annoying, I do personally like the screaming as she's running. Like, 
It's like, bitch, you got some powerful lungs to keep doing that for take after take after take. Because if you can tell when she's whizzing by the cameras, she's actually screaming. The yeah. poor girl must have been, her throat must have been like raw by the end of that. Oh, I'm sure. What's your favorite line? My, mine, I've been thinking about this for the past few minutes and I'm pretty sure my favorite line is uh, during the big dinner scene when she's begging for uh, for the father to stop them and like mm. to let her go and he says he says I can't take no pleasure in killing and you get this sense that like he's honest he honestly doesn't enjoy the actual act of killing people mm. but he's he knows what he has to do in his role in this family it's like his grandfather was the one that was beating him into submission to do this at one point and now that he's the father of Leatherface and the older brother, the hitchhiker. Like, now it's like, okay, it's your turn to do this. I don't have to anymore. It's my God-given right as your father to beat you in submission like they beat me into submission. Which, you know, that line does stand out, but I didn't really think about it until you said that. It's like, yeah. I don't take no pleasure in killing. Like, but you can't, but, but what? I just thought of this. Do you know that Leatherface, you know Leatherface has an actual name, right? No. I don't think it actually comes up until the sequels, but... And I've never seen the sequels. We'll get to them. How many sequels are there? Uh, to the original trilogy... Uh, the original... Not trilogy. The original uh, series. Yeah. There's... Four sequels. One of them we can't cover on this. Actually, five sequels. But one of them we can't cover on this. Or two of them we can't cover on this because they're recent. I'm sorry, the narrator of this movie is John Larroquette? Yeah. Oh my god, all I remember him is from Night Court. Oh, <laughs> uh, let's see. Are you looking for his real name? I am looking for his real name right now. I could just tell you. No. Bubba Sawyer? Character was renamed to Jedediah Sawyer in the remake. That's actually also wrong. Really? Yes, because the entire family was renamed to the, the Hewitts. Hewitt. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3. This is a fucking 3D movie for this. Was the Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3D? Texas Chainsaw 3D, yeah. Why? I have that one. Wait, that's 2013? Yes. So some a couple of these movies we can't cover. And there's actually, they're making a new direct sequel to the original movie now oh god so <laughs> all right leah yeah does it still work no he did everybody like hear that my heart just fucking broke <laughs> <laughs> so i'm very up to current events i'm very into the facebook and the instagram and the twitter and the tiktok and I've been following a lot that's happened in the last several years. There is a lot of problems with this movie. I.e. a lot of the talk about the 
the animal slaughtering, the um, portrayal of a disabled person, um, the general tone the gentlemen take with the ladies. Um, there's a lot wrong. Like, in the first moments of the crawl, I mentioned, they call Franklin invalid. And it's like, my first reaction was go, oh boy. Like, that's a knee-jerk reaction for me. It doesn't work because a lot of people, if this was released today the same way it is, people would be pissed at it. They would. But horror is meant to make you uncomfortable. Like, I don't agree with any of the bad things that happen. Like... You, you shouldn't do that. But I'm also of the opinion horror is made to make you, th make you think. Horror is supposed to make you uncomfortable. Horror is supposed to make your way of thinking different. Example, the horror movies that Jordan Peele has come up with in the last five years. They make you think. They are uncomfortable. Especially watching them as someone who is white. They are uncomfortable. Yes. I think that this movie now probably only has the following that it does for horror fans. I don't think this movie or the remake would ever get as big as they were because it's not where horror's going. It's where horror has been. It paved the way. But unfortunately for 2021, the original, I don't think it works. What about your, what about you? Does it work? Okay, so I think I, I agree with you to some extent. I don't think it will work for a modern audience. Yeah. I don't think a Gen Z is going to think that this movie works. No. Most millennials might not even think this movie will and work. We're in that category. Yes. However, for the right audience, for someone who whether it be loves the horror genre or loves older movies or just someone like me who notices the craft in the film and the build of tension from start to 40 minutes in when you finally get Leatherface, yeah. I think, yes, it does still work. Mm. It still hits home what the uncomfortable nature that it was trying to deliver. Mm. But sadly, I am of a dying breed. Yes, you Not are. Not many people are gonna feel the same way that I do. I wish this did still work. I do. Because I think this movie could still be as big as it was back in the 70s. My father would talk about horror movies back in the 70s and be like these movies are terrifying like this movie came out I think my parents would have been 13 because my parents were born in the early 60s I think um well I know my dad just celebrated his 60 birth 60th birthday he old but like their generation they thought different they saw things differently than like boomers see things differently than a Gen Z or a millennial would. And that's why I'm always going to approach this question as someone of current events. Because there are tons of these movies that were made a long time ago that work. One of the movies I would love to cover, love to, is Gone with the Wind. 
That movie is nope. Don't do it. <laughs> we'll Ooh. get there. We'll get there because I will be honest, as someone who really started to appreciate American history with the Civil War as a young girl going to Gettysburg and being like, oh my God, what the hell? Like researching really what happened and how bad things were. Like it's one movie that I look at and I'm like, they glorified and romanticized all of this. But it's the piece of cinema that came out in the 30s that I like. It's not the story. It's the cinema. It's the actual craft of it. And that's what you look at it. It's the craft of the film. It's how it was put together. It's from the actors to the grip, to the lighting people, to the person who literally is only there to make sure you have everything, food, drink, make sure you're good for the day. You see it from that point of view. I see it from the audience point of view. That's why this is great. You're actually in that industry. I am not. <laughs> I will always see it as a like, this movie sucks because it just didn't relate to me, you know? So that, I guess that kind of leads us into, mm. would you recommend it? Absolutely. I still would. I would sit there and be like, yeah, this movie's got its problems. Pitching this too. All right. I'm always going to pose this as to pitching to my Gen Z little sister. She's 16 years old. She's born in 2005, everybody. Like, she's like cool and everything. She's going to kill me when she hears this. You know that, right? I'm going to get yelled at and be like, what the fuck? But. Well, Abby, when <laughs> inevitably you, you are listening, <laughs> chill out. <laughs> Poor thing. But I'm always going to pitch it to her being like, there are problems. Don't ignore the problems. Look at it from the time period of the of the of when it was made. Look at it for the disturbingness of the, the film itself. I would always recommend this film because it is one of the top horrors. You got Friday the 13th. You got Halloween. You got Texas Chainsaw Massacre. You've got Freddy Krueger, Freddy Krueger, Nightmare on Elm Street. I got there. I did. Like, you got the big four. He's a part of the big four. Leatherface is one of those terrifying horror film, horror um, villains. I can't. Slasher icons. Slasher icons. Thank you. See, this is Which why he's is here. Which is surprising since he has the least amount of movies. Yeah, but he was that terrifying when this came out. You didn't want to meet this motherfucker with a chainsaw in your backyard? You'd be like, nope, uh, I'm out. Done. You know, Freddy Krueger had his witty quips. And, you know, Jason was the masked killer, you know, and fucking... Michael Myers was a mass killer that didn't talk. This guy was terrifying because he was just like, ah, like bashing people's skulls in. He didn't fuck with people. He just fought straight up killed them for no reason. The other ones had kind of a reason to kill. This one literally is just doing what he was told all of his life. Like that's, yeah, you yeah. want, you, if you're listening out there, you're watching this, you've never seen this film. I honestly was like, I have no desire to watch the original ever. I saw the remake. Why do I want to watch the original? You made me watch the original. I'm very glad I watched this. It is a... Whew, oh, it's a doozy. But you really need to, if you want to really get into horror, go for the classics, man. Start with the classics. Start with the big four. And work your way towards the new hit, new horror. Because there is nothing like an original 
terrifying concept that somebody came up while Christmas shopping <laughs> and saw a chainsaw. Well, it goes without saying, as a horror fan, if you are a fan of horror, even if you are just getting into horror, you should revisit the classics. Yeah. Texas Chainsaw is one of the absolute must-sees if you love this kind of yeah. film. You can't just watch the new one because you're going to miss out on where it all came yes. from. This was one of the first, one of the early slashers. I can't recommend it enough. You need to see Gunnar Hansen in this role. Yeah. You need to see uh, Sally and her friends meet their gruesome ends. Oof. It's it's absolutely necessary. <sighs> if you were to make this today, Leah... Ooh. How would it how would it be made today? Excluding the remake. Excluding the remake. Which if I if we ever ask this question in the future, remakes set aside, set, how we, would this be made today? I, we're referencing the remake because it exists. We're not gonna cover it. It's not part of the 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 scale or the, the spectrum of movies that we're going for. We're referencing it because it exists and nine times out of ten people have seen the newer movies rather than the older and i'm pretty much that one in the nine times i'm i'm in that i've i've seen a lot of newer horror rather than older ones if i was to remake this today it would be four friends traveling up to upstate california going through like wine country and everything in an electric car and the electric car runs out of battery and now they got to find some rural place to figure out how to get their electric car running again. Cut to these very, like, we live in the country. We don't believe in this technology. We still run on a, like, 1980 Ford truck. You know, we don't like all this new... F and they're going after these kids for, like, oh, my God, the way they talk. And, like, my phone's not working out here in the middle of, like... I'd keep it very current. But... I would take their use of electricity, technology away, and then start the real horror with, oh, did you run out of coffee? I actually have some left, but it's pumpkin spice. <laughs> um, I would make it terrifying for today. Like, I would make it, I would make it involve current events because I don't want to insult certain people's views of the world but I know you know where I'm going and really make that Gen Z kind of opinion versus the older way of thinking opinion and that's where the conflict will come from not so much a Leatherface character but I would make a family dynamic that absolutely terrifies you I don't think Leatherface and the chainsaw work now I think there's so much more that you can make terrifying about you, what would you do? So, personally, you can't have Texas Chainsaw Massacre without Leatherface and the chainsaw. So, that would absolutely stay. The family dynamic would stay. I personally think that I I am a fan of the old ways, and I think other so many other people are as well that I would play into the nostalgia factor I would tell the story again set it again in the 70s and 
just do it in a mo- more modern way. I'd probably make it gorier, at least a little. Mm. But maybe not. Maybe I would still avoid some of the, you, the you harsher like more things. You're practical. You're a very practical kind of effects person. I also s- see the landscape of storytelling shifting quite a bit. Yeah. And I personally think that if they were to try and remake this again today, it would be as a limited series. Yeah. And in that regard, I would probably steer into that and make a longer form version of this story that dragged out the tension even more. Oof. I even forget about the way storytelling is. I mean, I think the pandemic really changed how stories were told. Like, I thought when... Example is when Disney announced that WandaVision was going to be a series. And I remember looking at you going, this isn't going to work. How are they going to tell in a series? This seems stupid. Holy shit, it works. It works so well. You've got more of the story. You can add more detail. You can leave people hanging. Like, that is one hell of a way to tell a horror story. I mean, we've been watching... You've watched some of the American Horror Story. And I've watched pretty much almost all of the seasons. And while I don't think that's the best example, it's the only horror example I can think. Besides Slasher. Um, the series. Haunting of Hill House. Haunting of Hill House. The tension... Because we marathon that shit. The tension of just only having one episode of something and like, oh, you gotta wait till next week. It's even worse because you're thinking for like a whole week, like, oh my God, what happened to that character? They did Scream as a series. Did they? Oh yeah, they did it. MTV it did that. fucking works. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Not included in the podcast. Now that we have Paramount Plus, I have access to that now. There you go. Okay, we can go back to the podcast. Ah. <laughs> <sighs> Did huh? you have more to say on that? Do I have more? Um, I really hope that I don't offend anybody in these podcasts. I'm saying this now. So, I hope I offend everybody. Oh my God, he's going to kill me. <laughs> I don't mean to offend people, but a lot of the stuff I'm saying is my opinion. And I know a lot of today, you have to be really careful with some things you say. And I'm not saying like, oh, people are offensive. No, like some things really do offend people to the point where it hurts. Nothing that I'm saying on the podcast is directed at anybody in particular. This is just our thoughts, our feelings, our opinions. With that being said, a lot of horror is not PC correct. Like, I mean, how many naked ladies are in half of these horror movies? I'm really shocked. This movie has no nudity. None. There's no nudity. I, honestly, I'm one for a good boob shot. Really am. I'm really happy there's no nudity in this movie. I'm happy they sold this one without that aspect. There was sexiness. There was the ass shot. Minimal. Yeah, but it's very minimal. It's it's sold to sell the... These aren't, like, strictly innocent kids. But they're real people. Not like, oh, we've got to kill all the whores in the camp. Like, it's different. Well... Uh, I think that about brings us to the end of the reel for this week. Yeah. Um, if you enjoyed this episode and you want to continue listening to us, if you want more recommendations on films or coffees that you should check out, um, or you want to 
uh, see us post some of our movie collection or some behind the scenes from what we're doing here. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want to chat with us, recommend us some movies. Oh, God, yes. Um, come check us out. Um, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Grindhouse Podcast. We're on Twitter as Grind, uh, at Grindhouse Cast. Check out our Discord that we're going to be, that we are going to be starting up. It exists, but we haven't started using it yet. I'm always going to be on the Discord, guys. (laughs) Uh, The links down for everything are going to be in the show notes or the description on YouTube. Speaking of which, uh, if you're listening to us, give us a rating on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you're listening to podcasts. New episodes are going to be first thing every Monday morning. Uh, If you're listening to the podcast and want a more visual experience... Check us out on YouTube, uh, where you can see video versions of every single episode. And all of the weird fucking faces I do throughout the goddamn episode. (laughs) If you like what we're doing and you want to show us some support, you can find all of the information down in the show notes as well. And until next week, I'm Sean. I'm Leah. Thanks for listening, and keep watching. see in the movie pieces cannot be revealed cannot be described cannot even be imagined and you don't have to go to texas for a chainsaw massacre pieces it's exactly what you think it is pieces absolutely no one under 17 will be admitted Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.